We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week 15 edition of the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine, joined by my man Ian Harditz. Coming to you one day early. We are recording this on Thursday, if you happen to be watching this on, uh, later in the weekend. Uh, Ian had some scheduling issues, but we're pretty flexible here at Roto-Grinders, able to accommodate that. So, Ian, welcome one day earlier than normal, uh, and welcome to Week 15. Appreciate you guys all helping me with my just random trip to Chicago. Hope your time in Disney was fun last week, Britt. And yes, week 15. I know we got a lot of season long playoff implications on the line. Also a pretty fun week here. DFS got some good bets along the way, as always. So you want you want me to call up Dean? Do you need him back this week or are we, are we cool again? Are we, are we good? <laughs> We're good, man. We're right. good. <laughs> thank, thank you, Dean, for filling in, by the way. Thank um, you, yes, Dean. I had a gr- great little Disney trip, but uh, back on the grind, football, sports betting, all of that fun stuff. Uh, if you are new here to this show, what we do is take Ian's article from Pro Football Focus and we sort of let him talk his way through it. It is behind the paywall over there, so you're able to get it uh, free on Twitter uh, and on the show. Uh, it is not up on Pro Football Focus. The editors... Fridays. Uh, it's Fridays. That's it's all. Up, it's up a little... Uh, not up yet because we are recording a day earlier, but Ian was nice enough to tweet all of these out uh, a little yeah. bit earlier in the day. So let's go over some of these things. The first thing we like to talk about, Ian, is combined yards per dropback. We're looking for quarterbacks that can chuck the ball down the field, maybe some receivers that might be able to uh, have some of those big play connections, maybe avoid some of the quarterbacks that aren't really throwing the ball too far down the field. No one's really throwing the ball far down the field in the NFL as much as they were in previous seasons. It's a little bit of a check down year. Uh, But what are we looking at this week? Yeah, we get the screen share going for the fine YouTube folks probably in a second. But yeah, there it is. Well, uh, yeah, if you want to go back just a little bit, we'll start with the explosive uh, pass players. Just go to the top of the thread if you don't mind. But just if you guys haven't seen these before, 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, click that. There we go. Now we're talking. Blue is there good. Go. Red is bad. So, yes, looking at explosive pass play rates defined as 20-plus yards. We go ahead and combine the offense and defense. We get the nice little one-way metric street. Chiefs looking absolutely fantastic against the Texans. And when you do look at the Houston Texans, you know, fantasy points per game allowed to quarterbacks and wide receivers, they have been really good, but that's more so, I think, it's because they've been so easily ran on throughout this season. I mean, 31st-ranked defense in PFF coverage grade. Look, we see Patrick Mahomes and company go off against even the best defenses. Certainly not going to put Houston in that category. Have the Patriots popping a little bit, which is interesting, and maybe we can find a way to some lower-owned guys getting some boosts and, you know, just playing time with all the injuries going on so maybe talk about them a little bit later and then also have the eagles popping up against the bears so thing with philly man they they do really credit to nick seriani because he does tend to attack whatever the opponent's defense does the worst and it's been easier enough to tell what that's going to be over the last few weeks we had the packers and the giants and the eagles were able to run all over them and they played the titans and they passed against the bears i feel like you can do pretty much anything you want so it'll be interesting to see who exactly uh, gets going in that matchup but certainly expecting plenty of points from the nfl that was number one scoring offense. Yeah, sounds like take the uh, over on the Eagles team told. What is that? The 13 and a half? I haven't. All, all the props aren't out because we are recording this and even some of the game lines and half lines aren't up yet, but I'll be eyeing whatever that Eagles, you know, half if it's 13. It's been a winner a this year. Yeah, just keep on doing that, especially against Chicago. This looks like a no-brainer. Um, and then maybe even run it back with uh, Chicago. I did this. I've been doing this all season long and take the Eagles over 13 and a half and you take like over two and a half for the other team just to get like a field goal and it works out pretty well most weeks and it comes in about even money uh all right any teams we might want to avoid that maybe we would be looking at from the past game the one i see you know the chargers sort of neutral nothing really bad there i'm not touching tom brady i think i don't know if he's toast or just the whole team is is toast at this point um Anything we're really looking at? Not we're not really taking Justin Fields against the Eagles nah. for his passing game. What's looking? Nope. What's looking yeah. bad? No one's down too bad. The Bills are an interesting one, but obviously they're not even on the main slate with all those three Saturday games going on this week. So just realize, you know, without Kyler Murray under center going to Colt McCoy, it's not ideal. Although when you like, here's the thing, I'm going to be more in on the Cardinals, I think probably in week 16, because when you look at Colt McCoy, he's had to come in and play the Rams, the 49ers and the Patriots, which yeah, pretty three tough matchups to actually come in and have to play. And two of those being, you know, really out of nowhere after Kyler got hurt in the middle of the game. Problem is, We've seen the Broncos also be a pretty damn good defense in their own right. So not the easiest spot, but hey, with the news that Rondale Moore is going to miss the rest of the season with that groin injury, Zach Gertz has been out a while. All of a sudden, this Cardinals offense, while it might not be all that good, they do have pretty concentrated volume to James Conner at running back and then now to DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown, a wide receiver. So I'm not going to go too heavy this week. Again, it's a tough matchup, but keep an eye on this offense down the stretch because as much as Colt McCoy you know, isn't a world beater or anything, Kyler really has hasn't been either this year and when you just look at them in 2022 passing the football on paper really hasn't been that big with difference they get the buccaneers on christmas that's when we strike all right what's uh let's see what's next here we're going to be looking at is it pace what, yeah. what are we a little bit of pace yeah let's go down to just twitter i don't ever use twitter on the computer it's always on the phone and i use tweet deck so navigating <laughs> twitter.com specifically is a little difficult for me uh well yeah let's go to pace what are some games where we can expect a lot of snaps uh, looks like Dallas at Jacksonville is the leader in that. And what are some games that might be a little slow, might want to avoid for fantasy? At least you got the night mode on on the desktop. For some, somehow yeah, I didn't I have... Took- 
I just turned that on today. <laughs> Bro, I just did it like three days ago. I've had it on my phone forever. And then I was staring at the white Twitter screen and I'm already white enough on here. So I was like, I figured I was trying to tone that down just a little bit. But yeah, Cowboys, Jaguars, you know, official Ricky Bobby. I want to go fast, fastest paced matchup of the week. That should be a fun one, man. The way Trevor Lawrence is playing. Here's the thing. Like we saw them really get shut down, look bad against the Lions. And this has kind of happened to this offense. They have a couple games. They look really good. You see Trevor Lawrence making all sorts of throws that, you know, he was lauded to be as this quote unquote generational prospect. And then they really have a stinker. So, yes, on one hand, I could see Micah Parsons and company eating Lawrence alive like they have plenty of quarterbacks this year. But hey, Texans were able to move the ball up and down the field a little bit. Maybe the Cowboys are looking ahead to that, you know, NFC East Super Bowl next week against the Eagles. I wouldn't be shocked if we see Trevor Lawrence and company keeping on, keeping on, and this one turning into a bit of a shootout. Also, have Chiefs and Texans, Lions and Jets, Eagles and Bears popping a little bit. And I think there's similar sentiments about, you know, those games as well. You know, one of these, like, what do we, what's even the highest game total this week? I don't think there's nine. Yeah. There's not really an obvious shootout going on, but when we look at the lions and the jets, like, okay, we've seen both of them have success in spurts. I'm moving the football. Now the jets defense has been a juggernaut all year lions, especially run defense has been player has been playing much better here over the last four, six weeks of action. And then even Eagles and bears, man, like if you do want to go Justin Fields and try to bring it back on the other side of the ball, I think that's interesting as well. So no, just complete smash matchups. And again, we're not seeing any of these combined pace totals other then Cowboys and the Jaguars under 60, which is usually what you want for an especially fast-paced one. That said, I do think there's a lot of potential, uh, again, these sneaky shootouts here with the mid-40s game totals. All right, let's scroll down a little bit here. Let's look at pressure rate, quarterbacks uh, that will have all day to throw, quarterbacks that will be under pressure. What are the extremes? Yeah, all day, Jalen Hurts, Sam Darnold, but the Panthers just refuse to throw the football right now. Like the Falcons, 47% pass play rate. We've hated on Arthur Smith plenty. That is the lowest mark since the Rex Ryan 2009 New York Jets. The, the Panthers, though, since Sam Darnold's come under center, 37%. They are 10% lower pass play rate than even the freaking Falcons out there. So DJ Moore is a little healthier. It is a smashable matchup against the Steelers secondary, but just the volume is going to be a big concern there. In terms of being under a lot of pressure, Justin Fields, but he's usually more than capable of running away from it. Also, uh, Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill. So that Chargers defense is an interesting one because, you know, they are um, plenty affordable, although Derwin James is going to be out. They played pretty nice against the Dolphins last week. So was that more Tua just not being able to do anything or was that this defense actually playing okay? We'll find out. But unfortunately, I'm not so sure they fixed that run defense and Mr. Derrick Henry is coming to town. Yeah, uh, and then Henry, I uh, saw a quote today, said he we need to get back to playing our brand of football. So it looks like uh, that over, I think it was up to 98, 99. Uh, I mean, I'm expecting him to go over against the Chargers. They're allowing 123 yards uh, rushing per per game. Uh, but that is a nice little prop. Maybe I'll throw that in as an official prop. Uh, but there you go. I do like this week. Uh, all right, scrolling down just a little bit more. Yards before contact. Uh, what are some teams uh, whose running backs should be having free and clear uh, I do like the J.K. Dobbins. Looks like, you know, this looks pretty good. Both him and Gus Edwards props look pretty juicy to me this week. They're a little bit too low. I know Dobbins was hobbling once he got up to full speed. But, I mean, both their lines are like, like uh, I think uh, Gus is in the mid-30s and Dobbins is in the 40s. Like, these guys against Cleveland, what else are they going to do? They're not going to throw the ball this week. They're definitely going to run the ball. 
I, I did look at those lines myself, and uh, I think Dobbins was only like 50, 50 and a half, and Edwards was only uh, Edwards 10 or 14 yards lower than that. So I do think they're only going to get, you know, maybe 12 to 15 carries each, but it's a great matchup against the Browns, you know, third rank, I mean, third lowest defense in yards before contact allowed per carry. So I don't hate that. I'm happy I don't have to worry about them too much uh, on the main slate because, as you mentioned, Dobbins clearly not at 100%. We do have the Eagles popping again. I'm happy that you, you weren't here last week, Britt, but Dean and I were able to come around to the mile. Sanders call especially in tournaments so that was good to be on top of there also have the Falcons popping a bit which you know they run the ball so much the problem is CPAT Tyler Algier really splitting things down the middle none of them get targets and no hey we'll get Caleb Huntley or even Avery freaking Williams some touches from time to time too and then the Jaguars that you know really looking good at 3.32 that is the thing man Travis Etienne I know it's been rough but has been some tough matchups has been coming back from this injury his workload his usage is there I mean they waived Daryl Henderson two weeks ago etm has the usage numbers that we want to see from an rb1 albeit not a ton of work in the passing game and all of a sudden he's a home running back still an explosive offense i do like going back the well with travis Etienne. i understand if it's a little too rich for you in cash again he hasn't been uh catching a bunch of passes but top 15 for me uh top 15 running back for me on the week always just one big play away from really making his day uh, in terms of teams you might want to avoid, I know you're going to be talking about Austin Eckler in a little bit. The Chargers, bright red. Uh, we're not really playing anyone on Houston's run game. Nothing else looks New England. we got to see what happens there, but probably going to avoid wh- whichever running back there, if Damian Harris and yeah. uh, you know wh- whoever ends up playing there. I don't know. I'm not really on that. But uh, Eckler in, in general, uh, I don't know if you lead in with, uh, with a prop here, but what are we doing with him? He looks like just with – all the receivers there being so healthy now, I, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I think they're almost abandoning the running. Yeah, we'll just spoil this one right now. Austin Eckler, under 40 and a half rushing yards, my favorite prop of the week. I mean, look, I think he's still perfectly fine in play in DraftKings, especially full PPR because of all the passes he can catch. I mean, if Austin Eckler did not have a single carry this entire season, he would still be the RB13 in full PPR scoring. And he'd be the wide receiver 15. (laughs) Like, it is insane. And they honestly, to your point, when Keenan and Mike have been back, they don't care about really running the ball as much. He's only averaged 10 carries per game over the past three weeks they keep joshua kelly pretty involved on the ground as well and this season only the 49ers have allowed fewer rushing yards to opposing running backs than the titans again chargers are already even not even using these last three weeks the whole season they've been the most pass happy offense in the nfl and because of that eckler has gone under this number in eight of 13 games a season so eckler under 40 and a half rushing yards favorite prop of the week all right, let's go to I, – I jumped the gun with yards per drop back. Let's uh, rehash that out. Uh, sort of goes with the explosive play rate a little bit. You can sort of go put those two hand in hand. But what's standing out to you here this week? Uh, I – Newsflash, I'm not playing Andy Dalton. I don't care what you're trying to do. <laughs> no, but we, might, but we might play Chris Olave. I mean, just as a one-off there, we have seen Olave just be spectacular this year. I mean, I believe he's got the fourth highest rookie yards per out run rate since 2015, right there alongside guys like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown. So um, also with the Chiefs, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster finally saw him get going last week. Also another one we were able to call out uh, before the games even happened. But you look at Juju, he had three straight finishes as a top eight 
PPR wide receiver before getting a concussion. He got eased back in the next game. Then he dudded because the, they played the Bengals and Mahomes had season low pass attempts and passing yards. It was just a bad game. And then last week he got right back to another top eight finish. So really he's had that full-time usual role in five games. And he's finished as a top eight receiver in four of those. So again, could always be a situation where Pacheco, maybe even a little bit Jarek McKinnon get running the ball against the Texans. But I don't know, man, even if it is one of those things where, oh yeah, maybe the game gets out of hand and Mahomes doesn't have to keep his foot on the gas. You're going to have to score a lot of points before the game gets out of hand. And this season, next most consistent pass catcher behind Kelsey has been Juju. His DraftKings price in particular is still not quite reflecting that. I'm just worried from a DFS perspective with Mahomes this week that the Chiefs, they, we saw this when they played the Rams. They, they really didn't. They knew they were going to win. Yeah. They just do these weird things. Like you're going to see like a Travis Kelsey pass, in, you know, <laughs> thrown to like a an offensive lineman. You're going to see some weird stuff in this game, especially if it's out of hand going into the third quarter. And then they'll just sit Mahomes. I mean, I expect obviously Mahomes or Pacheo to probably get a lot of touchdowns, but I'm sort of concerned on the yardage for Mahomes a, a little bit in this one. I just, I just think they get a little too cute. Andy Reid opens up the playbook, lets these guys have fun once they know they're going to win the game. I will say the one difference is that Rams defense had Aaron Donald, and I'm pretty sure this Texans yeah. one does not. But I hear they they, they have uh, they have I been a weird team. <laughs> they have been a weird team. Like I remember they uh, they played the it was like Andy Reid's first loss off a of bye week in like forever when they played this Giants team. They were like 17 point favorites, and Kelsey threw the most egregious interception I've ever seen on a trick play. I'm we probably. So Something's going to happen again. We probably can't bet that. If it was a Super Bowl, I'm sure we could find a Travis Kelsey pass attempt prop. But I, I'm going to give you an honorary win if that happens to hit this week. All right. Uh, let's go to EPA per play from a betting perspective over the years. If you find a mismatch here based on Vegas lines, it's done reasonably well. Anything standing out this week? Ravens and Steelers, but obviously I think a lot of that has to do with the potential to see the backup quarterback. So though Kenny Pickett did manage to get a practice in. So now nothing. I'm not worried about too much here this week. Yeah, I'm I'm actually hoping uh, Pickett doesn't end up playing because I've already put a lot of money on a specific prop we're going to see here. How do you think that's going to play out here? The concussion protocols is is always very tough. I did see a tweet. Uh, I don't know who it said, but as as the games matter more, miraculously concussions matter a lot less in the NFL. It's like uh, it's like COVID last year in the NFL, but with the way they seem to handle that. But with Pickett, I don't get it, man. I have no idea what's going on with this concussion protocol because I even looked at it last week when I was going through the game. He takes the hit that gave him the concussion or put him in the protocol or whatever the hell we want to say. He goes to sideline, clears it. Like we got an update that he cleared the protocol. He goes back out there, doesn't get hit, and then he gets taken out again. So on the one hand, it's like, okay, good. If a guy's showing symptoms after the initial protocol, like you should take him out. But what's the use of the protocol for sending a guy that was concussed back out there? I don't know. All right. That's going to do it for uh, Ian's article. Again, not up on Pro Football Focus. It comes out on Fridays, but you can check it out for free. Uh, either on Twitter or on this show. And then if you want to get a more in-depth look at uh, his article and uh, a bajillion other things that Pro Football Focus has to offer, uh, you can get a subscription for not too much money uh, over there. So make sure to check that out. Uh, all right, let's get to some bets. So what happened? Well, I, did Dean, I watched part of the show with Dean. Did Dean throw any bets out for the people? Or was it, so. did you do all the lifting? Yeah, I was in lifting. He kind of just he 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 called me out on a few things, which was good. We had, we had a good conversation, but I don't think he had too many of his own personal picks. Them. All right. So what? Uh, how how'd you do last week? Did they come through? I, 
I hit uh, both of my props. We had the Juju over and then the McCaffrey rush attempts over, which he pretty much got in the mm-hmm. first half. So that one luckily worked out. And then we had a nice, uh, I believe, uh, or no, it went one and two on the spread picks. So, hey, I got, I got some good ones this week, Britt. That's what we're worried about. All right. So what was that? A three and two week? You'll take that. That usually yeah. ends up to a little bit of profit. Uh, I'm going to start. So I normally we have on Friday, the sports books don't really release the Sunday lines now until late Thursday, Friday morning. I don't know what they've got. All, all their other computer programmers are busy. They can't copy Pinnacle's lines fast enough. I don't know what they're doing. So we're really just looking at Thursday night and some of the Saturday games here. We're both on George Kittle. Uh, I like yours. You've got the receptions. I got the yards. Seattle has given up, I, I believe, the fourth most yards per game to tight ends. A bunch of receptions, too. There's no Debo. If it's not Christian McCaffrey, if it's not Ayuk. You got to envision Kittle being involved yeah. in this game here. Three and a half receptions definitely seems a little bit too low. I think the yardage is good. I think we're both going to win these teams. No, I'm with you there. Kittle over three and a half. Again, four games without Debo last few years. He cleared that and um, yeah, f- pretty much with these in three of those four, 5.8 receptions overall. And then versus Seattle defense, we've kind of seen the way they play ball over the years. I mean, they have been susceptible to big games from opposing tight ends. Sure enough, Kittle has cleared this number in four of his last five versus Seahawks. Uh, all right. What else do you got here? So I had an underdog prop, but if Pickett's going to play, I'm not going to talk about that one. I'm going to rehash. I mentioned Derrick Henry over 98 and a half. That sounds pretty good to me. That's going to be an official play for me against the Chargers. The Chargers to the entire league are allowing 123 yards per game rushing. And those are the guys not named Derrick Henry. Uh, so imagine what a guy named Derrick Henry is going to do uh, to this Chargers defense who clearly doesn't give a crap about anybody running the ball on them because obviously they're expecting to score a lot of points. And if you're going to run, although in today's NFL, you you know, running has been doing pretty well. It's, I think, the best it's ever been uh, in terms of yards per carry. I don't know. Sound, all that sounds good for Derrick Henry to hit close to 100 yards. And I don't even mind laddering that up once the alt comes up to like a 125, 150, 110, anything like that to maybe even get to a little plus money and just running it up because he could just have himself a massive game against this Chargers one. So I'm going to go with that one as my second official. Uh, And then you've got two others. You already mentioned Austin Eckler under. Let's talk about another one here. Talk me into this one. Uh, I was eyeing it as you were typing it in. I haven't bet it. I'm going to bring it up on my screen. Get me to click the, the make a bet button. We got Alvin Kamara over 30 and a half receiving yards. So the Falcons defense hasn't been as bad as they were in the past when like Dan Quinn was there and every single year, seemingly they were allowing the most receptions, the most receiving yards to opposing running backs, but they still aren't exactly a defense to fear. And you can look at their coverage grade numbers. And again, just not really a defense we've been worrying about, especially in past defense all season long. Kamara, man, look, he had some injuries early on in the year where week one and week three, and he had to miss week two and week four. So if you take those games out of the picture he's gone over 30 and a half receiving yards in six of nine games this season no mark ingram which i understand the year 2022 shouldn't mean a damn thing but it does weirdly enough man that's what the saints were doing really playing mark ingram like it was 2018 again so in four games without mark ingram kamara's gone for 96 32 19 and 47 so again he's dominated receiving without mark ingram even with mark ingram i just think 30 and a half receiving yards is a bit low we saw earlier with the you know, um, passing yards per drop back number, Andy Dalton popping as one of the best quarterbacks of the week. I think it's a good matchup for a Saints offense that has found a way to be pretty efficient for stretches this year. Hopefully coming off the bye, Kamara healthier than ever, and we clear this in style.
All right, I got that at minus 110 on DraftKings as you were talking about it. So there we go. Over there. Uh, All right, let's go to some of our spread overs. Uh, We can get exotic. I've got a three-point teaser. You've got a money line. Uh, I'll let you go here first here. For the Saturday crowd, it looks like you like all the favorites here on the money line, or is this a teaser? Talk to me about what you're doing here. Yeah, I'm just taking the money line for the Vikings over the Colts, the Browns over the Ravens, and the Bills over Dolphins. Pays out at plus 550 with those three. So really liking that right now. I mean, look, Vikings over the Colts, as much as we want to talk about Jeff Saturday, like I st- it's still not a good football team. We've seen that all season long, and I get it. The Vikings are probably a little bit overrated relative to their wins and loss record as well. But again, just the fact at home against a Colts team that has very little to play for at this point. Give me the Vikings still with their backs against the wall, obviously trying to clinch that NFC North. Then we got the Browns over the Ravens. Backup quarterback there for the Ravens. And I know the Sean Watson experience hasn't been pretty, but man, he really did play a lot better last week than he did against Houston. Bar was not very high. I totally understand that. But that game, I mean, I know it's easy to say, oh, they only scored 10 points, but it was almost the opposite of what happened the week before where defense scored all those points. I mean, last week, Watson had a touchdown drop by DPJ. Jacoby overthrew DPJ on this fourth and one after they drove right down the field on the first drive for what could have been a score. Then the last drive, you know, Amari Cooper actually uh, had a drive-killing drop on what would have been a fourth down conversion. So a lot of ways of saying they weren't able to convert when it mattered. But again, Ravens defense, easily the worst in the league. Pretty much whatever stat you want to bring up in terms of defending the deep ball, I think the Browns can get right here. Once again, against a backup quarterback, and the Ravens in this one just don't have a ton to play for given their schedule and what they've been able to do to build up this lead in the AFC North. And then finally, Bills over the Dolphins at home in Buffalo. It's going to be a snowy game, it looks like. We got the orange reading over there from Kevin Ross. Shout out Roto-Grinders weather report. And yeah, Dolphins really struggling. Tua, that was easily his worst game of the season last week. Still a very important game for both these teams, though, and I think the Bills are a bit more complete from top to bottom. So yeah, money line. I mean, I don't know about them covering the seven point spread but i will take the bills no problem and yeah we get to have a little bit of a sweating on saturday great day to be great yeah i just plugged it in uh you said plus 500 it's around i've got it at about plus 220 to plus 250 depending Bro, on the nights for those three that's so. awesome i mean i got it at plus did i put it in wrong because i yeah, did yeah, you, 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 you click something wrong so you got the wrong bet in, i think unless oh, you got all three of those in on the money line vikings Maybe you didn't oh, spread. I just took the spread. Okay, yeah, you I'm did the sorry. Spread. I'm sorry, but yeah. yes, give me the money line on that. Not plus five fifty. Would have been a yeah. lot cooler if it was. <laughs> but was it, it's still plus uh, two seventy five or something? Yeah, two twenty five, two fifty. Depending. Okay, on the that's fine. Point. I'm still cool yeah. with that. <laughs> I thought you got you had the ultra super boost. I was trying yeah. to figure out how you got that. Uh, all right, so you you have that one. Uh, I'm gonna give my little exotic play here. So this is only on FanDuel because they're the only site that I can find that I have access to that lets you get like. A six-point teaser, a six-and-a-half-point teaser, a seven-point teaser, seven-and-a-half-point teaser. You can do whatever you want over there. So I got a seven-and-a-half, three-team teaser. And the thesis behind this is I want the Chiefs under touchdown, and I want the Eagles under a field goal. So I got both of those with that one. And then I was searching around for the third team. And there wasn't a lot on the board that I liked. But with how close most of the NFL games are nowadays, I went with the Jags. You can boost them up to plus 12 on this and they don't they're not plus 12 against the cowboys like this is they're at home they're playing you already mentioned they're playing well sometimes they can let down they've covered this in every game but one i know the cowboys are a good offense but you put all three of those together so you get the chiefs at six and a half the eagles at one and a half and then the jags at plus 12 against the cowboys at home 
It ends up being a plus 105 on FanDuel, so it's a small plus money bet. I like the Eagles to win, so I'll take the minus one and a half, no problem. I, I think the Chiefs are going to route the Texans. So this is to me, this is like a freebie. I don't, I don't. The Chiefs will still do some weird things, like I mentioned, but I don't think they're going to. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let the Texans keep this game close like the Cowboys were able to do last week. This That was the Texans game, right? This That was the one game that they were able to emotionally try to get something in, and that's gone. So I expect the Chiefs to sort of run rampant over them this week. And then I went with the Jags at plus 12. Just seems uh, like a really nice spot. I'll get a big home underdog with the teaser going up against the Cowboys. I like that Jags offense. Trevor Lawrence has cemented himself as a real deal quarterback. He's resurrected Zay Jones. You've got Christian Kirk. Evan Ingram belongs in the Hall of Fame after last week. There's a lot going on there. Um, so that's what I want with a three-team teaser. And then the other one I got. Real quick, real quick, Britt. Oh, yeah. Are, are you just trying to stick to Sunday on that? Because I, I, I'm i kind of with you on the Jaguars, but I just feel like the Bills minus seven at home or even the Packers minus seven on Monday night. I mean, if you are I just looking. Don't, yeah, so I, I, I looked at the Bills. Mm. And I, so when I take, so it's a seven and a half point teaser. I don't like crossing zero on the teaser. It's like a worthless okay. thing to me. So I discredited that myself. If it was a six-point teaser, I could definitely go with the Bills on that one. Okay, that that's fair. Teaser. Um, and what was the other one on Sunday night or Monday Packers night? on Monday, but that's also seven. So I get it. Yeah, probably not for this particular bet, but I would have no problem, um, doing, I guess I like to, I like the, the, the Wong teasers, right? When you can cross the three okay. and the three and the seven or the seven and the 10, those make a lot of sense to me. No, and just real quick on the Texans point. I mean, it, look, I, I love Scott Hanson on the red zone, but like fourth quarter is like, how could this be happening? It's like, well, you watch the game. Like we had Dalton Schultz drop a touchdown right before the end of the first half. We had Zeke get stopped on the one yard line, back-to-back plays in the third quarter. You know, Houston was able to kind of have a little bit more success than usual on third and fourth down until the end. Like it really was the Cowboys putting their worst game forward and the Texans putting their best game in the same week. And the Cowboys, Cowboys still found a way. So I'm with you there with the Chiefs. 
All right. The other game I'm looking at from a spread perspective is the only one I've got. I put it up on scores and odds, the sports betting app here at Roto-Grinders, uh, is the Bengals minus three and a half. And this makes no sense to me because the Bengals are a good team and the Buccaneers are not. And uh, especially, uh, what do you say, Great, good teams win and great teams cover, Ian? That's is, right. Is, isn't that the That's saying? Right. So this is the absolute extreme on both ends here. So the Bengals are the best team against the spread in the league at 10 and three. And the Bucs are the worst team against the spread at three, nine, and one. The Bengals have played good teams all year long. The Buccaneers have played bad teams all year long. I don't understand why this is three and a half. I would put it at like five and a half in my head. Uh, I wish it was at three so I could at least push. I don't mind if you want to buy the point to three at like whatever it is, minus 120 or minus 125 just to cover yourself in case it's a field goal. But the Bengals have been covering all season long. The Bucs have not. Seems like a pretty big mismatch overall, uh, and we saw what Higgins and Tyler Boyd got in limited practices. Well, you never really know in Cincinnati what that means, but if they're practicing on a Wednesday in some sort, I'm crossing my fingers. I already bet, I bet this yesterday that they're going to end up playing at least one of them in some form of actually being a capable NFL wide receiver. Of course, you got Chase in there as well. You got two running backs that seem to be playing well. Uh, so this Bengals minus three and a half looks like a, a pretty easy bet for me this week. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. You got one more. You got a uh, Tennessee chargers. You got an over under which way you lean in on that one. Like the over 46 and a half. I think this was actually the one spread I hit last week. Uh, that was the over on Jaguars Titans. So it's one of those things where teams can really throw the ball pretty easily on Tennessee. And I think the chargers are just the perfect offense to go up against this group. They already want to throw the ball anyway. Now you're facing the Titans defense that again, very good against the run, which for a lot of teams could cause problems, but I don't think the chargers are going to be one of those teams. And on the other side, we already talked about Derrick Henry and his ability to run all over this chargers defense. So it comes down to the exact same reason why I took the over last week i think the titans are set up on offense to do well against this bad run defense i don't think their defense is set up well to take away what the opponent does best so just 46 and a half give me that over and it's an la game i mean we don't have a ton of weather issues like severe weather issues this week but always nice when you don't have to worry about it at all all right so that's going to end our sports betting segment uh, if you want to get uh, any extra picks, you can always check out the scores and odds uh, the sports betting app here at roto grinders if you want to find out hey where was that elvin kamara uh, bet. You know, I was searched on DraftKings. It was minus 110. That was the best site. Other sites had it minus 115, minus 120. Of course, I'm going to bet it at minus 110. So you can get that for free on scores and odds and access to all sorts of premium picks, uh, not only for myself, but a wide variety of people, probably much smarter than me in the sports betting world as well. Uh, all right, let's jump into DFS. Uh, I think it's a pretty interesting week. There are a lot of ways you can go across the board in terms of roster construction. I think there's you know, at least from cash, you can convince me to play Hertz or Mahomes. You can convince me to play a Justin Herbert in the mid-tier. You can convince me to play a Mike White against Detroit uh, to, and go cheap. There's a, a wide variety. You can convince Dak Prescott, 6,200, right? Like, I think there's a wide variety of ways to go. It, there's a wide variety of ways to go running back. There's a lot. You can do a wide receiver and a tight end. You can spend up or you can go all the way down. There's, there's just a, a lot of different ways to make lineups. I don't know. What's your favorite, I guess, starting at the quarterback position to me, this is probably where just trying to think I would put this in as my last spot this week because I'm okay. If I get Jalen hurts against Chicago, I'm not sure I'd play Mahomes. I would probably play hurts over Mahomes this week. Uh, I'm fine with that. If I got Herbert, I think Herbert's a shoo-in for the 300 yard bonus. You could take his props at like 298 or something like that. He's going over 300 against the Titans. You play Dak at 6,200. You can go to Mike White. What's your preference? 
right now I'm leaning Mike White, but I'm with you. Like last week, I, it was a struggle to think about anyone who to play a quarterback. And now I feel like we got four or five guys potentially. So right now, Mike White with the Garrett Wilson stack just makes all the sense to me. Hey, and we have other options though. I mean, Patrick Mahomes with Juju Smith-Schuster, Justin Herbert with Keenan Allen. I mean, there's just available people all over the place. Even Dak with like someone like Dalton Schultz, if you want to, I think there's a lot of manageable stacks. So right now, Mike White, just because again, this Lions uh, defense, they've been bad all year i mean they're still just a 31st ranked unit in scoring but it's almost turning into a pass funnel bad i mean teams could run on them earlier on in the year but ever since they made that coaching change i forget who it was specifically but about four or five weeks ago they really have turned it up and made life difficult for some good running backs here over the past six weeks so might be a little bit of a trap game for someone like zonovan knight but with that said mike white garrett wilson maybe even elijah moore if we get Corey davis rolled out um what about for tournaments? I guess I was looking at Joe Burrow on our first run of ownership. Again, this is on Thursday, so it's not ultra uh, locked in. It's much more dialed in on Friday and especially Saturday and Sunday morning as uh, Jamino and the hamster wheels here at Roto Grinders <laughs> grind through the projected ownership and try to figure out what everybody's going to do. Uh, I see Burrow down here at just over 5% sitting at 6 You go down and it's like – it's just it get, the bottom of the barrel quarterbacks. Sometimes you'll find some good quarterbacks, one to two percent owned. It looks really ugly this week. So you, you, it's more of the known quantities. Burrow's probably about as low as I would go. He looks like the lowest owned of all the quarterbacks everyone's going to use. You know, generally where the ball's going to go. You can play Jamar Chase with him and hope, hey, maybe Higgins and Boyd aren't full strength. And then you can run it back maybe with a Godwin who looks pretty good, always for some receptions on a site like DraftKings. I just think Burrow's pretty interesting as a guy who could really have a big game uh, at low ownership this week. I mean, yeah, it's Buccaneers defense too. Like they're still technically like, I mean, every single, this NFC South has been such a joke this yeah. entire season, but I mean, we just saw Brock Purdy freaking look just absolutely fine. Chucking the ball around against his defense. So not at all concerned about the matchup and yeah man i think uh i think there's a lot of truth to everything about that i do like uh justin herbert though again just everything about this chargers passing game being able to stack him up with keenan allen maybe even mike williams i mean this dude was born to basically be the sort of boomer bust uh, gpp wide receiver we're trying to target or maybe even you know usually we don't want to stack our quarterback with our running back but if there ever was one to do i mean you heard those eckler reception uh, stats earlier and stuff and just how reliant he is on the past game justin herbert austin eckler could be one of those where I don't think we'd be surprised if both guys finished in the top three this week, but I doubt that too many lineups are going to have them both in the same one. Final note would just be Justin Fields. You know, don't need to stack him with anybody. I honestly wouldn't stack him with anybody the way this passing game has their volume going, but hey, you know, you had us on those rushing overs for a good four or five weeks in a row there, and we didn't see a ton of design runs in his first game back, but they didn't, they did have a buy for him to get even healthier, and even then with that stat, I mean, it did jump a lot, you know, from like weeks two to three to four, but I don't want to overreact to one game where he only had three design runs because, hey, maybe he just gave it to Dave Montgomery when it, uh, if the defense showed him a different look, he would have been taken off. So Fields and Justin Herbert, two tournament ones I'm most interested in right now. All right. The running back position, uh, again, a wide variety of ways you can go. You can spend up. How, how are you going to say, right? If you're playing, I like playing the Thursday through Monday slates, right? So like, how do you not want to play Christian McCaffrey tonight against Seattle if you're doing that slate? Uh, I not want to play Josh Jacobs, who's, you know, the clear, you know, league winner in season long. Uh, it is against New England, who has been reasonably tough, but it's really hard to 
you know, talk about his workload. He's 8,100. I do not want to play Derrick Henry against the Chargers, right? These are like all world plays, but then there's a variety in the mid tier. You've got an Alvin Kamara. I know you like Pacheo. James Conner's going to get a ton of work, even against the tough defense in Denver. You got Zonovan Knight, who's getting, uh, you know, high teens carries every single week. And I know Detroit's been a little stingier on the ground recently, but his workload is pretty much unmatched at his price tag this week on DraftKings. You can shot take. I, uh, you know, you said you and Dean were on Miles Sanders. Go right back to that in a tournament this week, yeah. I think, is an excellent play. Just a lot to like at the running back position. Help us sort of figure out what to do. Are we spending or is the mid-tier the way to go? Mid-tier is probably the way I'm going to go in cash. I think Isaiah Pacheco against, again, second worst defense in the league in PPR points per game allowed two opposing running backs over there in Houston. So I'm cool with him and maybe even Travis Etienne, man. Look, it's not like he's going out there and he's seen his usage slip down. It's been just fine. He just doesn't catch a ton of passes, and it's just been a little bit of bad luck. I mean, before that injury, he had three straight finishes as a top 10 PPR running back. So should be, I think it's going to be a higher scoring game than people are expecting. So I do think Pacheco and ETM have plenty of room for upside in that mid-range, and then you can get up slightly to Alvin Kamara, I think, with some of that money that we're saving. But with Josh Jacobs, I don't hate that call. I think this Patriots defense is a little bit overrated. Four of the six last six quarterbacks they faced have been Zach Wilson twice, Sam Ellinger, and then also Colt McCoy after Kyler immediately got hurt. So, you know, I just don't exactly think that it's the best version of the Bill Belichick defense. I and mean, we've seen them get absolutely fleeced on the ground a few times this year. The Bears went for 243 yards in Foxborough. The Packers went for 199. The Ravens went for 188. I mean, even Devontae Adams, like a wide receiver, like if we want to pay up all the way for that, this whole idea that Bill Belichick is the only coach in NFL history to try to take away the opponent's number one player, it just gets old man we've seen justin jefferson stefan diggs plenty of these guys put together big games against the group so with an actual competent real life quarterback under center i think the raiders could be just fine here in tournaments though one of my favorite plays of the week is deandre swift at 5.7k we've seen the strength of this jets defense all year been at outside cornerback with sauce gardner and the rest of that crew with DeAndre Swift, yeah, we saw his touches go down uh, last week after they had boomed up to 18. Once again, though, he was on the injury report all last week, and there were some whispers in the Detroit media that he was a little bit banged up coming from that big workload. I believe he wasn't even on the injury report to start this week, and that's maybe the first time that's happened all season long. So DeAndre Swift, everyone's bummed because we thought we could trust him last week after he boomed up, and no, we couldn't do that just yet. But man, I do think if we want to attack this Jets defense, the be best way that they're going to be able to do it is with their running backs and we have seen not all the time but at least two weeks ago deandre swift be that featured guy so 5.7k in tournaments after everyone's pissed off about it last week love me some deandre swift and finally dave montgomery just a home running back in the league's i think fourth most run heavy offense still no khalil herbert and accordingly we've seen him respond with three straight pretty solid fantasy performances without herbert in line so we might get khalil back as soon as week 16 but this philly this philly's run defense they got jordan davis back they added some reinforcements even with that though they've been far better against the pass all season long so montgomery deandre swift in tournaments especially love uh, I know Latavius Murray is getting uh, quite a bit of steam from the, the ownership and the Why? projections. At 5,100, I, I saw that you made, made it. No, never Latavius Murray. Uh, is it why, – why do we not want to use him even at this reduced price tag? What has he done all freaking season, man? Like, why would we use him? Other than Jerry Judy in Denver, like, I just can't think – 
Greg Dolchich a little bit. I mean, I get it. Mike Boone's out, but Marlon Mack just took a screen 60 yards to the house last week. He could easily get some more uses moving forward. I mean, here's Murray. Like last three weeks after they got rid of Melvin Gordon, RB 32, RB 27, RB 33, man. Like even a lot of usage won't necessarily save you inside of one of the NFL's single worst offenses. So I know they're home and the Cardinals don't have this great defense, but I, I think McMurray is still very much nowadays. He's a committee back again. It's not like he's getting this 80, 90% snap rate where you just have to kind of throw up and play the guy. I think, I think Latavius is a massive trap and also just wouldn't exactly be dying to add Zonovan uh, Knight to the equation. If we're going to go with that, Mike white Garrett Wilson stack, if not, I can get behind it a little bit more. But again, that Lions run defense has been no joke here of late. Aiden Hutchinson, maybe not can get that defensive player of the year ahead of Sauce Gardner, but still playing very good in his own right. So yeah, last week against Dalvin Cook, 22 total rushing yards for the Vikings. The Jaguars had 95. Bills went off a bit, but then the Giants and Saquon Barkley, only 89. So be careful about overly trusting Zonovan this week. All right. I do want to remind you guys, uh, or thank you if you are watching live on YouTube, if you could click that like button, we would greatly appreciate it. Helps other people find this. And if you are watching at a later date, also click the like button. And if you want to get alerts to this show and the, uh, I don't know, 5 million other shows we have here at Roto Grinders, it seems like, uh, you can subscribe and get a notification every time a show comes up. Uh, all right. Speaking of Garrett Wilson, let's talk about the wide receiver position. So first is Cor do you do Corey Davis? In or out this week? What's your take? It's a Thursday. Normally on Friday, we got an extra practice day. I'm searching right now. I'm not sure if he uh, ended up making practice. I don't see any notes on it yet. Uh, what do we think about him? Okay. It doesn't look like it. Uh, he didn't practice on Wednesday, and we got a report that there was no sign of uh, Davis today. So usually when you start off the week without a uh, practice with a concussion, you're not going to end up suiting up on Sunday. So, yeah, even if – I mean, I think to me, Corey Davis, him being out is more so a reason to get behind Elijah Moore at 3,600. I think Garrett Wilson, even if Corey is going to play, is perfectly – it's perfectly fine here. We've really seen him take off with Mike White under center more so than anyone. I mean, over these past three weeks, eight, 15, and then seven targets. So wide receiver four, wide receiver nine, and then wide receiver 26. And that was that Bills game where he literally got shadowed by Tredavious White the first time they've done that since he's been back from injury. So that just tells you, you know, what other NFL teams think about Garrett Wilson. And then again, it's this bad Lions defense where, yes, Jeffrey Okuda, you know, former Ohio State Buckeye teammate right there, he has been at least a pretty Pretty uh, solid shining spot, especially in the run game, some of the things he's done. But they haven't even used him to shadow for like over two months now. So I don't think he's going to have to worry about that matchup too much and should be able to tee off on the rest of the group. Otherwise, I do like Keenan Allen. He's a little bit underpriced relative to what his role has been. 28 total targets over the past two weeks. Again, it's a pass-happy offense against a D that basically allows you to pass the ball. I love Keenan, Garrett, and then I also don't mind throwing Chris Goblin. Just three guys that I think are made for a full PPR site like DraftKings. If you don't want to pay all the way up for all three guys, we could go down to Chris Moore again for the Texans fresh off that 100-yard game. And as we saw with Jerry Judy and really this entire season, Chiefs haven't been overly fantastic against the pass and also because they're usually playing with leads you know teams are naturally going to be throwing the ball more just make sure Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks stay out. I do believe Brandon Cooks got back to practice with that calf injury. And then finally, you know, we do have Elijah Moore sitting there awfully cheap as well. I just don't love having three Jets in the same cash game lineup. But then again, uh, it is correlating pretty nice with Mike White. And I'm not too worried about that rib issue. He already said today that he is going to play. 
Yeah, people want to play like Kelsey and a Derrick Henry or something like that. There will be people will have four jets in the cash lineups this week. They'll have White, <laughs> Knight, Wilson, and Elijah Moore because it all it fits salary wise. But I mean, I know it's the Lions, but is that too much in a Jets offense? Probably for me. I don't know if I would play it that way. But I think yeah. having having two, regardless of which two they are, I think does make sense regardless of whatever yeah. you're doing. I think they are in in their own all good plays. Um what about from a tournament perspective? I was sort of looking. Uh, I know you mentioned Devontae Adams paying all the way up, right? Like he is clearly the highest projected wide receiver, um, I think, on Roto Grinders and using the Blitz. Um, projected ownership sub 10% currently right now. Uh, I think he's interesting. Uh, I want to ask you about your boy, Amonra St. Brown. What's his outcome look like this week against the Jets? Are the Jets more shutting down those outside receivers? Can St. Brown have a good matchup? On the inside, because at 78K for the PPR monster, I know Shark's doing a little bit better and Swift's getting a little bit more involved. And Jameson Williams is coming back, uh, you know, on a snap-by-snap basis. Uh, what do we think about him? He's currently at 15%. Do you think that's going to be too high, too low? Uh, overall, how's he going to do this week? It's slightly easier in the slot as it is, I think, in most NFL defense. It's just harder to guard a guy when you don't have that extra sideline to help you kind of wall him off uh, to an extent. But they honestly have been pretty good everywhere. I mean, if you just look at, you know, mismatch manifesto, raw passing yards per drop back allowed, it's the Eagles, the Broncos, and then the Jets are the single three best pass defenses in the league in that metric. So not going to be the easiest matchup. But again, if they're going to be attacking this defense, it would make sense in the underneath areas with guys like Amon Ra and DeAndre Swift. So I don't hate that call at all. I am looking a little bit down, though, for some of these tournament guys. Jerry Judy, we have this tendency after a guy has a really big game, we're just like, okay, yeah, that was their boom. Like, there's no possible way that could happen two straight weeks in a row. But for Judy, man, Cortland Sutton's out. Kendall Hinton's probably going to be out. And he's facing this 32nd-ranked Cardinals defense in scoring. So we'll see. I do believe Russell Wilson got a limited practice in today. But honestly, it's a sad thing, kind of like Kyler and Colt McCoy, where I get it. Like, I'm not trying to sit here and say Brett Ripien's a better long-term or even current option Russell Wilson but it has been reasonably close this year if you do look at some of those passing metrics so at a minimum against a bad defense I don't think you know Ripian is I think Ripian's capable of at least getting Judy going to an extent uh mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster and some of the allures of playing him and just how good he's been playing when not injured lately pivoting off of the Pacheco a little bit with Juju against that burnable Texan secondary I'm a fan of that as well so I'm going to throw a couple guys at you. Say, let's pretend Sutton's out again. Jerry Judy, or I know we're playing Garrett Wilson over Jerry Judy. Uh, let's see, Jerry Judy or Mike Evans for a hundred more. Judy, man, yeah. Evans, Evans hasn't uh, scored yeah. nine. Mike, Mike Williams, Mike Williams, not probably not the cash play, but I think they're. I probably trust Judy a little bit more from a cash perspective, as much as I do like cash, Mike Williams. Yeah. Yeah, so it's sort of like he's in – Judy's in like no man's land on his own at that 6,100 price if Sutton's out. I think that is – we'll just play what? Wilson, Judy, Keenan Allen, call it a day, I think looks like a pretty good trio as long as Sutton's out. Yeah, I probably – if I can't afford it, I'd probably leave Judy out of the cash lineup and go to Goblin because, again, it's the same thing with Latavius Murray. Like it's Look, Judy had six touchdowns in his previous 36 career games, so I don't want to pretend like this is going to become an every-week occurrence. I'm just not expecting too much ownership on Judy, but then again, maybe that could boom once people realize Sutton's going to be out. I just don't know why we'd be expecting Sutton to be back. He still's not practicing with that hamstring issue, so maybe I'm wrong on that. But again, hey, if we get a hobbled Sutton coming back and it takes Judy's ownership really even lower than great Sutton hasn't done anything all year for the most part 
All right, let's go to tight end. A couple ways you can play this. There is Travis Kelsey. Um, if you think he's going to get the passing touchdown, uh, I would rather him have the receiving touchdown, right? Because that's six points instead of four. Uh, but, you know, against the Rams, four for eight for what, 57 yards, but he got the touchdown, right? So that, you know, he's capable of the multi touchdown game. He's expensive uh, at 7,800, probably not expensive enough. Uh, but if you do play him, it really sort of messes with a lot of the rest of your lineups. And there's just there's some very good cheap plays we can make this week. Uh, we got a Kanwu uh, at 3100 looking uh, against the Chargers like he's a pretty good play. Uh, I think Tyler Conklin's pretty interesting. Swerve off of him if he does end up being popular for tournaments uh, against Detroit at uh, 3100 as well uh, for the Jets. You got Dalton Schultz who looks pretty heavily involved in this mid tier at 4400. Uh, I think uh, we're going to get Dallas Goddard back, who he's been a beast when he's been active at 3,700. Uh, can Evan Ingram repeat at 3,800? There's just a, a lot of plays down here at the cheap end that I think I'm a little bit more interested in because then I could get a Derrick Henry, I could get a Jalen Hurts, I could get a Keenan Allen and a Wilson in there at the, the wide receiver position that I'm finding myself maybe going down uh, a little bit at the tight end position. Yeah, with the Conquo, I mean, I'm happy we were on him last week and he was sitting just at 2.7K. So that was awesome. As much as I'd be concerned about, you know, him repeating that, because Austin Hooper is still making him more so of this 50, 60% route participation guy as opposed to anything more. It still looks like Traylon Brooks is going to be out. And, like, you take Derwin James out of that Chargers secondary again, man. I understand they did a good, good, did a good job against Tua and those guys last week, but really think that's playing against some fire there. Again, for a Titans offense, doesn't have too many other places to go with the ball in the passing game. They are really banged up, man. I was looking at some of the injuries before. Robert Woods wasn't practicing with an illness. Even uh, River Craycraft, I think, was out there uh, not able to get in a uh, get any uh, practice participation in there. Tyler Conklin, someone that if you guys have been checking me out on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. We've been talking about this stretch for a while. He's had, you know, the best weeks 15 through 17 playoffs uh, schedule. We've had that kind of penciled in for a good month now. So this really is the start of it. Last week, ran around on over 70% of Mike White's dropbacks. Excellent tournament pivot off of a Conquell. And yeah, I mean, again, I think this this, this Lions-Jets matchup could turn into a sneaky shootout, especially if excuse me, if Goff and company can keep plays because I am confident in what Mike White can do. Only other final note would be Evan Ingram, man. Similar thoughts as Jerry Judy. And just like, you know, just because a guy went off last week doesn't mean it's illegal for him to, again, go off this week. So if you can pay up to Dalton Schultz at 4.4, I think that makes a level of sense. He probably should be priced a little higher. It's just wild to see, you know, 3.3K between Kelsey and the next most expensive tight end. So only thing I would add with uh, Kelsey is like, he is so much more expensive than the tight end. But if you just think of him as a wide receiver. I mean, 7.8, that's what a Monra costs. You know, Hopkins is at 7.7, AJ Brown's at 8K. Like, I'm with you. I don't think that 7.8K is high enough, especially relative to this being a slate and honestly a season where usually we could say like Kelsey and Andrews and everyone else, but it's just been Kelsey and everyone else more so than ever. Uh, all right, that's going to wrap it up for the week 15 edition of the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto Grinders. Uh, thanks to Ian for joining me. Click that like button on the way out on YouTube. Uh, see you back here next week for week 16. I am Britt. He is Ian. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out you.